Father in heaven, thank you for this day you bless us with. Thank you for the spirit that has been leading and uh, for this opportunity we have to talk about personal ministries, how to mobilize our churches, how, Lord, we can see uh, a revival and a reformation that happens when we get active in your work. So please, Lord, I pray that you would give each one of us understanding and wisdom today and speak to our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, I, all right. Janice is here. We can get started. Do you have, Janice, do you have your, uh, this? Okay. All right. So, what we did yesterday was we started kind of going through this plan or, or set of responsibilities for a personal ministries department in a church. And uh, we talked quite a bit about literature and other witnessing resources yesterday. And look what I remembered. <laughs> Just barely. <laughs> but uh, this is not... Well, I'll go and pass it out and I'll talk about it. You could just pass them around. Are you cold? Really? Oh man, I'm, I'm just going to turn it toward me if you don't mind. Yeah, it feels really good. Okay, anybody not get one of these? Okay, you want to pass that back? He didn't get one back there. Anybody else not get one? You just got one. It was set on your... That's a she. This is a he. He raised his hand and she took it. Did you notice that? I saw how that happened. You have an extra, okay. What's that? It always happens. It's all yeah, good, right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know. That's all right. You need a little spunk to be a personal ministry leader. So this uh, is not a new list, okay? This is like... That's right. For good, for good reason. Um, because it would be... A little old, but most of it is still available, and it's not that far off. It gives you an idea. Um, the prices, though, don't go by them. I don't know if they're true or not, but they're not that far off. Um, when you see under, you know, just to give you an idea, the first section there says miscellaneous books and magazines. So I always had Steps to Christ. There's a little booklet called Your Friends of Seventh-day Adventist. That's probably the best overview type of booklet that I've found. So I, I put that on there a lot. When God said remember, when God said remember, I mentioned yesterday as a good Sabbath book. Amazing Prophecies is a, a magazine that goes through all of Daniel and Revelation in a magazine, and it's pretty good. So I put it on my rack. Um, Hidden Truth magazine, anybody familiar with that from Amazing Facts? It's got several doctrines in it, and it's good. So then ASI books, these are the ones I was telling you about, which was the Conflict series. And at this time, those prices are under $2. I'm not sure if that's still the case, but I will say that in order to get their price, you need to get case quantities. So 40, a case of 40, basically. So what's your wife's phone number? Is she the one that ordered 
No, 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 no. I'm glad you asked that, no, sister. No, so that no, the ABC. Mm -hmm. We get a lot of people who think that they order through our department all kinds of things. Even like BibleStudyOffer.com, you don't order that through our department. That goes through the website and the ABC fulfills it. Ever since I've been in the office, I have tried to get away from us serving as a store because we have an ABC. So pretty much everything will go through the ABC even if we're promoting it. And we try to like... I mean, we have great arrangements with the ABC. They've been very good to us. I mean, I'll tell you basically how I said it to Tim, our ABC manager. I said, I really would like to put a lot of this stuff through you, but if, if I'm required to mark it up for the churches so that you can have 40% or something, then I'm just not going to do it. We're going to sell it through our department I, because the churches aren't, they need it at a better price. And he said, no, we'll do it. And I said, praise the Lord. So they get a markup, but it's not a big markup. It covers their cost and maybe just a little over that. I wish I could give more of a markup, but I know the churches struggle too, so it's kind of how we're doing it. For instance, BibleStudyOffer.com, if you look at the stuff that we're selling and how much we're selling it for, we're just covering ourselves. And, it's, and, and that means that we're losing money because when it's all said and done, there will be stuff that gets thrown out, inventory, shrinkage, all that kind of stuff. Well, I take it back. We're probably not losing because I built in a few percent on everything so that hopefully we get something. You mean when but Jesus comes? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it this way. We will anytime you do something like that, I'm I'll give you a little visioning here. You're not going to have the same exact stuff year after year after year. It'll get old. So you have to freshen it. The glow track will have to be freshened. The, uh, the, the studies that you offer, might, you might need to add something or change it or whatever. So whenever you, you come to the point where you freshen something, then other inventory becomes nobody wants it anymore. Okay, So we will do our best you know, to manage that and bring it down and have a schedule in place to do that. But anyway, I don't need to get into all that with you, but that's what I meant. Not, uh, not that we're going to stop Bible study offer. At the ABC, who's taking Diane Dowell's place? She was there for. Well, she's still there. Just part time. She's part time. She's part time, but she's there. Vicky is there uh, more than Diane. She's there pretty much full time. Vicky McKenzie. Yeah, and now because of Bible study offer. Um, I mean, they were really hammered there, and you know they don't have a lot of resources. You got Tim and Vicky, and Tim's managing not just that ABC, but Indiana and and all you know all all over the union, and so and the Berrien store has employees there, but he's still got to give oversight to it. So whenever he goes somewhere, it's just Vicky. If Vicky calls in, then you know it's just a very yeah. Uh, so if you ever wonder why your things are late or whatever, I mean, it really is a lean crew there. And, you know, it'd be great to get more help, but from a conference standpoint, we can't afford it. And so what ends up happening is, you know, we find ways of doing it. And what, what we did end up doing, they brought on Vicky's son, Dakota, for part-time, and he just goes over and fill, fulfills Bible study offer orders. Because we've had over 370 orders through Bible Study Offer. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that that's 
dealing with. So anyway, you get the idea on the ASI books. These are just a few tracks on the Glow. They've got newer tracks now since then that are really good, but I always like why I go to church on Saturday and a couple of these others are really important ones that I liked, so I put some of those that I liked on there. Uh, you know about Glow, though. You're very familiar with that. But the Pocketbooks was the one that I think was really most valuable to show you because I told you that there's over 100 titles at Amazing Facts, and I said, I just try to have one that covers each of the doctrines. So if you look at this, um, I say each of the doctrines, but sometimes there's more than one per doctrine. Absent from the body. That is a pocketbook about the state of the dead, but specifically uh, it tackles the text in 2 Corinthians 5, absent from the body, present with the Lord, what that's talking about. So it's a good one because it's just a, a common state of the dead question. All that glitters is, a, is no longer in print. <laughs> but that was a, more of a testimony pocketbook on the topic of jewelry. And I found it to be helpful because it was written from a woman's perspective and all that. But I don't think they're printing it anymore. They have another one that I have on here as well. Anything but secret is on the secret rapture. Uh, assurance, justification made simple is simply salvation and assurance. Baptism is obvious. Can a man... Uh, can a saved man choose to be lost is on once saved, always saved. The Christian and alcohol, obvious on alcohol. The darkness of twilight, this was put together back when that was really big, and so it was on my list, but you might choose something else now. Does God's grace blot out the law is on the law? Feast days and Sabbaths, this is on just that. Hogs and other hazards is unclean foods. The hot topic of hell, you know that one. They have one in Amazing Facts, but I like this one by Wahlberg better, but you can check them out for yourself on that particular topic, the topic of hell. How evolution flunked the science test. So that's on creation and evolution. Is Sunday really sacred? That goes over the Sunday texts. Um, jewelry, how much is too much? That's the replacement for all the glitters I was mentioning. Light for the last days. That's on Ellen White and the spirit of prophecy. Uh, the millennium, that's by Wahlberg as well. So you get that through the ABC, but it comes from Whitehorse Media. Rich Man and Lazarus is on the topic of the Rich Man and Lazarus. Solving the Mystery of Death is the overall one on death that I like, and it's by Wahlberg. Spiritual Israel is just that on spiritual Israel. Then you have Thieves in the Church, that's on tithe. The Trinity, the ultimate resource is on the authority of the Bible. Understanding Tongues is on the issue of tongues. Michael the Archangel is on the issue of Michael the Archangel. And why God said to remember is about the Sabbath. So can you think of anything that's left out there? It's pretty, pretty complete. You've got the Sabbath, you've got the state of the dead, you've got hell, you've got millennium, you've got baptism, you've got salvation. Uh, there's a lot of good ones and amazing facts that go into end time events and that sort of thing. Um, but I just use my magazines like The Amazing Prophecies and that sort of thing to cover those topics. Yeah. They're different, totally different. Um, one is a pocketbook, and I put it in there, but when somebody really has questions, I give them When God Said Remember. It's a book. It's not a big book, but it's like a sharing book size. Oh, okay. And it's like these pocketbooks have 30 pages, and they're about that big. You know what I'm talking about. Uh -huh. But this is a sharing book. It probably has 100 pages, and five not five by seven, but yeah. three by, you know, whatever. It's, it's taller. That's the pocketbook, right. Right, 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 right. That's right. 
Okay, and then uh, the balance magazines. I, mean, I didn't mention that yesterday, but I usually put balance in my uh, literature stuff. So anyway, that was that. Is that good enough little sample for you? Yes. Okay. Don't quote me on any of those prices or anything. Okay? It's an old list, but it gives you an idea. Okay, then uh, the Bible school. I did want to talk to you a little bit about Bible study offer. Um, make sure that you are thinking about a couple things and aware of a couple things. Um, maybe I can, I wonder if I can get that back up. I don't know if I showed you yesterday, but I have, there it is. This is the website. This is the back end. Okay, none of you have this, but this is kind of what I look at. This tells us an idea. We've had five requests today, eight yesterday, 19 the day before. Kind of how it goes. And uh, I'll show you this. This takes a minute. <laughs> The status page that I have um, pulls all the requests and what kind they are from all the churches, and so it takes a minute before it pulls out all, all that information together. While it's doing that, um, I want to encourage you with something, or encourage you to do something. This is the card that Hamblin will send in the mail, if you've never seen it. Um, that's the back of it, that's the front of it, and it's a pretty good price. I don't know how many people know what it costs to do this kind of thing, but the Something Wonderful cards, which are, are cards that have been around for a long time that Seminars Unlimited or any of these printers in the Adventist church will do is like a little card that says a gift for you, something special for you, whatever. And uh, I know that came up, but give me just a second. And it would, you would mail it and then it would have a perforation, something or the other, and you would tear off the piece and mail it in. And uh, this does not have that because you're doing it all on the website, unless you don't have the internet, in which case you can just call the phone number. Okay, so that's why the phone number is there. And I think I showed on Sabbath that almost 20% of our Bible studies come through the phone number. So it's good that we have the phone number. Um, but at any rate, this, those cards would cost 22, 24 cents to mail. If you go through, it is written, they have a, a big card that's supposed to get really good response. It costs 33 or 34 cents to mail. This card cost, at least it did, cost 17 cents to mail. Okay. And I was really pushing everybody to mail it. And we were subsidizing on top of that 50% uh, of the cost up to $400. So two-thirds of our churches did it, which I was really excited about from the standpoint of most of our churches have not done that before. Even though it's like something that I've always done and kind of feel like... Every, the truth is a lot of churches have never done it. And it's a way to get interest. And it's something you should do every year. In fact, when I was first pastoring up in Alpena, they were already doing it, and I liked the way that they did it. They did it quarterly. So instead of doing one big mailing or something, they took their whole territory, broke it into 12 parts, and then every quarter they did a twelfth of it. And so every quarter you got eight Bible study interests that came in, and you go follow them up or whatever, and just did it regularly. I kind of like that approach. You know, however you do it is fine. But 
ultimately, um, in order to get 17 cents, I had to tell Ray Hamblin, hey, print, and I had to guess, okay? Yeah. 700,000 of these, right. or whatever, okay? Then he ran out because I was trying to be careful. And I said, can you give me the same price if I do another printing of, say, 75000 He said, okay. So I did that three times. <laughs> so anyway, but then he finally ran out and I said, okay, we're past our subsidy date, so I'm not doing that anymore. If people want to do it, they can still do it, but you're gonna, he's going to print them as you do. But what happens is when you print for just your church, he can't give you the same price as when we bought as a conference. So now this 17 cents becomes 22 cents or something like that. More like the price that you would normally get. That's okay. It's still worth doing it. Okay. But I will say that my plan is that every year from now on, we will subsidize. We will, we will make it part of our evangelism uh, budget to subsidize the churches to do mailings. So I'm hoping that two-thirds grows because on one hand, I'm really excited about it. And on the other hand, I'm really disappointed about it because why wouldn't you do it and for, two, for a whole third of our churches not to do it? I mean, I'm talking about, uh, I don't have this up, but we had, I don't know how many of you were there on Sabbath when I gave a little report on Bible study offer. Who was not here on Sabbath when I gave a report for Bible study offer? I'm just you're not in trouble. It's okay. If you weren't here, it's okay. You were doing something legitimate. I know you were. Whatever it was. You live streamed. So you all saw it. Okay, well then you saw, I showed the numbers of, of how we got it. And, and the mailings, and I had to extrapolate it, okay, because it's not exact how we did this, but it looks to be around eight to 900 requests that came in through mailings. Well, in Michigan, we've received around 3,000 requests. Eight to 900 through mailings, if only two-thirds of our churches did mailings, then that means we really could have easily gotten another, whatever, 500 requests. You understand what I'm saying? And a lot of churches thought, well, I'm not, getting, I'm not going to do this because I'm already getting some requests that are coming in, Right? Because we are doing other types of advertising, internet and other things, and, and they're in somehow, some way, they're getting a few interests. The problem with that is, and I don't know if I talked about this yesterday, but I don't care, I'll talk about it again. The problem with that is that you need a lot of interest to get a little solid uh, interest. You understand what I'm saying? You, you can't count on those five to somehow, oh, well, we got five people already and we only have three people to follow them up, so we've got enough. No, you need more like 30. And then you can trickle it down to where you have five solid ones, you know? And of those five solid ones, maybe one will be baptized. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, this is a percentage game and you cannot just give away interest or not take advantage of interest. If there's one thing I did as a pastor and I'm trying to instill it in you in personal ministries leaders is you want to get as many interests as you can. That's the game. You want to scatter the seed in any way you can because you never know which one will prosper, this or that, the Bible says. You don't know where the person who's open, who's really searching, who's ready to take that step, okay, to follow the truth all the way. That, that person is not... Uh, I don't want to say that that person is... is uh, is 
rare in the sense that, that there aren't lots of them out there, but it's rare percentage-wise for sure. I mean, the way I look at it is this. Jesus said the harvest is great, right? But he also said that the road is narrow and there are few that find it. So what's, what gives? How could the harvest be great and there be few that find it? Well, very easily. Just because the minority, the vast minority are open doesn't mean that's still not a lot of people, right? So there's a lot of people out there who are open, but in, the, in comparison to the population, it's a very small percentage. So that being the case, you've got to try to get as many interests as possible and never let go of opportunities to get interests. He's also talking about the world, not necessarily the United States. Of course. Sometimes we're just planting seeds. And sometimes, and sometimes years, that's true. Even for us to be a true interest. You're absolutely right, sister. So this, that's understandable. But this uh, is the mailer, and I just want you to, to talk to your pastor, find out what the plan is, but make sure that you do at least one mailing a year. That's, what I would, that's how I would encourage you. But you might consider staggering it and doing multiple mailings too. And you know, you know you're not going to get a subsidy the rest of this year. Maybe your church already got one. Maybe they didn't. But next year, you will, uh, Lord willing, if everything goes right budget-wise. And so be planning on that as well. Mm -hmm. recommend more than one mailing to the same people? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't mean in the same year. But I no no I would probably go to a I mean most churches do not send like for instance when you do a mailing of handbills for an evangelistic meeting you might send out a, I mean every church is different here so let me give an example uh, let's should I should I use a small area or a big area yeah because most are small but medium okay let's let's say you're in Jackson Michigan okay and you send a mailing out of handbills, and it is, let's say, uh, 30 or 40,000 handbills. Let me see if I've got... Oh, really? Where's our master budget, honey? There it is. Okay, I'm going to tell you exactly. Jackson. <coughs> Jackson is sending 13,000 handbills. Man, i got to talk to him about that. <laughs> I'd send a lot more than that. But anyway, evangelistic meetings. You know, here's Holly, 34,000. Holland, no, not for handbills. No, this is an event. You don't do it multiple times in the year. You do it once. I'm telling you, as a rule, we go too light. On our handbills. I, I would, I try to send, okay, let me back up again. Yesterday I said that I would talk just a little bit about evangelistic meeting budget. Let me just give you a little rule to go by. And Mark Finley uh, first shared this rule, and I really think that it makes sense. He says, if you're going to do an evangelistic meeting, you've got, you know, your budget you're putting together, 50% of your budget should be in your handbills and advertising, Okay. About 25% of your budget will be in your meeting hall, renting a meeting hall. And about 25% will be in your other supplies and resources and that sort of thing. So if that, what if you don't get a meeting hall and you do it in the church? Keep the same budget because your 
your attendance is going to be lower and send out that 25% of your budget, use it for more handbills and advertising. So then you're at 75-25. Are you following? I would sometimes be at 80-20 or 85-15. Because I'm telling you, if you're going to spend something, spend it on the advertising, send more handbills. It's a direct equation to how many people you get coming. And if there's one thing I want, it's people in, in the seats. Okay? Yes. Okay. So, how about if I write it up here? What's that? What about it? Yeah, yeah. What's the problem with it? Oh, okay. So, if, how many do you get if you don't send any? Okay, that's. I'm just telling you, our problem is we we don't have a substitute, and so we and so we think it's better to not do anything, and that's a problem. If you had a substitute that got me five per thousand, I'd say, bring it on. I'll take it. But if the best I can get is one per thousand, then I'm going to get one per thousand. I'm going to do it every day. Well, we we versus, get it through every time, but we do have the yeah. dark horses there that say, well, we're going to get one for one thousand. Is there a better way to do this? I said, how many people are you going to call and invite? Yeah. That's what I ask. And this is what I say. I say, let's do this. Let's invite people like we're not spending a penny on advertising. Let's pretend that we are not sending out a single handbill and the only way anyone's going to come is if we hand invite, okay? And then let's send out 50,000 handbills. I mean, we should be spreading the net in every way possible. Are you tracking with me? So this is, this is the mentality we have to have. And I would say uh, what we're talking about here Advertising, the hall, and other, which would be supplies and that kind of thing. You're talking 50%, 25%, and 25%. And if you do it at the church, then this becomes 75 and this goes away. You follow? Does that make sense? Okay. So that's a general rule. But what I'm telling you is, if I'm Jackson and I'm sending out 13,000 handbills, that means that from the handbills themselves, I can count on maybe 13 people. And that's way too low because I'm only going to baptize, you know, 10 to percent-ish. So I might have one, ba- I don't want one baptism. I want, I want more than that. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, we've got to get it through our head that we've got to invest if we're going to win souls. You just have to do it. Now, some places you can't do any better than that, you know? But on the other hand, in those places where you can't do any better than that, you're thrilled with one or two baptisms. You understand what I'm saying? So it, it makes sense. Like, take Onaway. You know, we held a meeting in Onaway, and we did it in a neutral hall. We found a little, what is that, VA, old VA, old veterans place. Yeah, and, you know, it was not the best, but we cleaned it up and, you know, worked with it. And the town has a thousand, yeah. roughly, people. And so we sent to the town plus. I mean, I always, if I'm in a small place, I'll send to a 20-minute drive. Okay, whatever that is. Yeah. And by the way, I'm okay with overlapping with other churches. You are? Oh, yeah. 
No problem. Because whatever, I don't care. You go to mine, you go to theirs, whatever. If you get two, more power to you. But obviously churches have to coordinate with their district and that sort of thing. But I would send to that 20-mile radius, and it might only be, I can't remember how many we sent out, but it might have been 12,000 or 15,000. I don't know what that radius was. But when it was all said and done, you know, we had a lot smaller meeting than we had over in Alpena, you know, but we had probably opening night 15 guests or something like that. And a good number of them came and, you know, in and out, in and out. By the way, your opening night is not that one per thousand. To, to me, that's closer to your opening night. But you're going to get a lot more than that. You'll get almost double that through the course of the series of people who shuffle in and out who are new people. So when it's all said and done, though, uh, you know, like these two and his dad were baptized. And in some, in some churches, that's like, oh, you know, hallelujah. We're having, you know, the... Right. We're singing the doxology, the whole thing. In another church... They may be like, well, that's all we got. You know what I'm saying? But for a reason, you're in this huge metropolitan area. There's all these people. You had, I mean, I had one meeting that I didn't actually hold, but we had, uh, I had somebody else hold it in a church that I was pastoring because I was doing one meeting and they were doing a different meeting. And they had 150 people there on opening night. 150 guests on opening night ended up with like two baptisms. When that happens, you're a little, Right? But if it happens in a small town, you're like, hey, praise the Lord, we've been looking for new blood for 10 years, you know, whatever. Somebody who's not related. Um, and, or somebody who is. <laughs> anyway, oh, what's happened to my thing here? So, bottom line is, let me see if I can wrap up my brain here before I get the time gets away from me. Because <laughs> i got a lot more to say. So, anyway, I'm just saying, you want to be uh, aggressive evangelistically. And, and I, I think that there's good argument for that. I mean, I understand there's always going to be those people on your board, but I think that, you know, you should gradually try to encourage, um, you know, more aggressiveness in how much advertising and those types of things you do. But what I, where I was going, oh, let's look at a better example, because I talked to him about it. This is Cameron at Kalamazoo, 60,000. Now that makes sense to me. Kalamazoo, 60,000. Now that 60,000 is a lot of money, okay? But I make sure that my church budgets for that every year. So there's money going in from combined budget into evangelism every month. And if your church does not have money going into personal ministries and evangelism, two separate funds, or at least one that combines what you need for both of them, then you got a problem. And this is so common in our churches because what they do is they say, okay, well, we budget the school subsidy and we budget the Sabbath school supplies and we budget the utilities, but when it comes to evangelism, that's optional. So what we do is we get up front and we do fundraising. Please give to the evangelism effort. Please, you know, and we have to beg to do evangelism. It's like, why do we have to beg to do evangelism, but why do we have to beg for the school subsidy? Why do we have to beg for the Sabbath school supplies? Why do we have to beg for this other stuff? Oh no, that just gets taken right out of budget and put right in. You follow what I'm saying? What is it in our thinking that makes evangelism an optional thing and everything else just seems like, you know, run of the mill? Okay? My thing is, let's get 
evangelism and personal ministries into the budget so that every month it's going in there. And then if you're running short on budget, it's not just that that's causing it, it's the, it's the, the hole. And you've got to you know, find a way to build up the hole. But anyway, let's take this, Kalamazoo, 60,000. They're not going to send 60,000 Bible study interest cards. And that's what I was trying to say. You might do, you might do 60,000 handbills, but you might do 10,000 or 5,000 interest cards and do that four times a year or something. So for most people, the mailing for a... You're going to get a similar number. One to two to three per thousand. Okay? On a Bible study mailing. But if you send out, you know, 5,000 and you get 10 interests, you're probably okay with that. It's different from how many people you've got coming to your meeting. So stagger it and then you won't hit the same people is what I'm trying to say. You don't have to do the same people twice in the same year. If you're going to send to your entire territory at once, um, then only do one mailing a year. You're going to do that for an evangelistic series because it's a one-time hit. But for Bible studies, you don't have to do it all at once. And you might find that you don't want to because bam, you all, you, you know, and then all of a sudden, oh, you don't have any interest and what do you do now? And you don't have enough people to follow up and some of them, you know what I'm saying? It's, and you got to time your interest too because you're going to get interest through your evangelistic meetings that are Bible study interests. So I wouldn't do a Bible study mailing right around that time. I'd wait and see how the evangelistic meeting went, how the Bible studies are going after that. You got a lot of work to do after that. And then once you see things are starting to die down, do a mailing. You always want to have People in the queue. You know what I mean by a queue? Like, like, like you don't want to work a process, evangelistic process, where you're, okay, you're uh, studying the Bible with these people, and or, or let's say you have an evangelistic meeting, and you're working with all of them, and you're spending all this time with the real hot A interests, and the other ones are kind of sitting on the back burner, and you're working and working, and then three months or six months later, all of a sudden you start having a bunch of baptisms from these, and then you baptize them, and then what? You start over. You never want to start over. You always want to have other people that are already halfway through, or already, you understand what I'm saying? You always want a steady flow, because evangelism is cumulative. It happens not in big batches, but one here, two here, boom, boom, and all of a sudden there's this sort of uh, snowball effect that can begin to happen. So that's what your goal is. All right. Uh, there was a hand. Yes, Janice. Um, on advertising, like in a newspaper, your local paper, mm -hmm. what's the percentage of turnout? I don't know. It's not real high. I'm not, I, I did and, and still would do that type of advertising, but I don't do it a lot. I try to find the free and cheap stuff if I'm doing it in a paper. And I do do that. I get a, you know, the last church I was at, I had an advertising coordinator who called and got all the free, you know, whatever you could get. Right. But it's more of a supplementary type of thing, you know, so I wouldn't spend a significant amount of money on it. If I was in an urban area and I was doing Unlock Revelation, we had a whole bunch of churches doing it at the same time, I would do radio, though. Because you can, with, when you're using the same website you can get $5,000 worth of advertising. And if you have 10 churches, you're each paying $500 for $5,000 worth of advertising. In other words, if you were doing your own meeting, you would advertise on the same radio station. If nobody else was doing a meeting and you had to get $5,000, that same amount of advertising to help you, you would, you would do it exactly the same way. Because anyone who's nearest to you 
is going to be assigned to you. In other words, they're going to come to your meeting. So it just makes sense. They always do. Yep, yep. They'll be advertising our meetings. So, yes. Yes. Facebook page and, and even Facebook advertising. And, I've, you know, we're going to be doing Google advertising. And I'll tell you what, on Bible Study Offer, uh, which I was getting ready to show you, but they, uh, the Internet advertising has turned out very good. Like, it cost us about, I would say on a mailing, we do a mailing. If you calculate it out for how many requests we get for the cards that we send out and the cost of the cards and all that, it comes out, I'd say, around $100 to get a request. You tracking with me? If you do the internet Google search, it costs me about $30 to get a Bible study request. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it? So somebody will say, well, just do internet then. No. What are you talking about? Because the people that I get through this are different than the people I get through that. Okay? And the people I get through the billboards are different than the people I get through, and the people I get... So it, just because some is cheaper than others, of course I'm going to invest in that and make sure I'm getting the most I can get out of that, which I do. The, tr the truth is you can, you can only get so many people who are Googling Bible study, you know what I mean, to see that ad pop up and go in and whatever. So there's a, it's not like you can keep getting more and more and more by adding more and more money to it. At some point you can't get any more. And so we get whatever we can get out of it. But... Uh, but you want to advertise in every possible way you can. I'm really disappointed in the glow, to be honest. When I did, uh, you know, Unlock Revelation in Metro over in Detroit, and you guys have seen these, right? Okay. So, um, the, my first year, we did 35,000. So, we put out 35,000 of these from Metro. This year... I got orders from all 100 churches for about 100,000. Thinking, what? What are you talking about? 100,000. Everybody wants, I want 500 glow tracks for my church. I want 1,000 glow tracks for my church. We're thinking so, so small. 500? You can get 500 out at the fair. That's, that's just it. It's not, it's, it's, it's too personal. Well, yeah, but you have to hand it somebody and you have to give it out at the fair. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You have to do it every way you can. All I'm saying is, you know, we've kind of slimmed down. You can tell that, that people are growing weary of, of really getting aggressive on stuff like that. You can't let that de uh, deter you. Anyway, um, this I want to remind you about. The best Bible studies that we get are the ones that we ask for in the church, with friends, etc. Every church event you have, you can take this and have a, st a stack of them. We sell them right through the website. It's called an intro pack. And you simply say, have you heard about our Bible school? Oh, well, we'd like you to have this. This is a little sample pack with our study lessons. And this is a card to tell you how to sign up. And it's all free, and we have study leaders here that if you want to go, uh, them to go with it, uh, through it with you, they'd be happy to. Uh, I'd be happy to. Or uh, if you want to just sign up and have them delivered to you so that you do it yourself, you can do it that way too. So here you go. And there you have it. Everyone. I'm sorry. I was going to say, Vacation Bible School, guest night. Yes. Vacation Bible School, 
health expo, cooking school, supper club, pathfinder outing, every event we have at the church. There's no reason why this can't be part of what you give them. Say, oh, we want to let you know about our Bible school. There's no reason. It's not intimidating. It's not offensive for them to get it. So the idea is you don't have because you do not ask. If we offer, you never know who that person is who's going to find out. So not as many people order these as I wish. And so I'm just encouraging you to make sure that you're making it a part of your process in your church to offer Bible studies and train your greeters and train your people in your church that when you have a guest, when you have a visitor, you make sure you say, oh, hey, have you heard about our Bible school? $1.50. That's the DVD. Both lessons. It's basically the cost for us in this is about $1.34. And then we give it to the ABC and they have to get 10 cents. And then we have to get five or six cents because we got to cover to make sure that we don't lose money. But it's close to cost. What are you talking about? Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. We don't have, we already give you quantity pricing on everything we give you when you buy one. <laughs> so, no, unfortunately. It's number one lesson of, yeah, make sure I, it's hidden behind there, but that's it is written. Okay. That's at Landmarks of Prophecy. This is actually not the number one DVD. It's a sample disc. It's just number one that matches the first lesson. Okay. And then this is the church sign-up card which on the back, they can actually write on this one. So that if you, they didn't want to sign up online or didn't have internet, you should have a basket in your church or a box or something that's part of your Bible study resource center where you have all your literature and all your stuff, and they know how to go and put it in there to request a Bible study. And then you, as whoever your Bible, you or your Bible school coordinator can process it and assign it to a study leader and all that good stuff. Excellent. Okay, let me show you. Before I do, let me do this. Um, just want to give you a quick rundown. Right now, so far, we've received 3,588 studies, uh, or requests for studies. 119 are new. That means they're within two weeks, within the last two weeks. 370 are late. That means they have not been visited, and they're over two weeks ago they were requested. 2,249 is active. That, of course, is not true, but it's what it says. Because what happens is once they stop studying or you can't find them anymore and you kind of give up on them and you say, hey, give me a call when you ever you get to it and they become inactive, you're supposed to go in and mark them as inactive. Okay? But nobody is doing that because this number, I mean, I can almost guarantee you that out of 3,000, you probably have 1,000 active and 2,000 inactive or something like that. You know what I mean? The percentages don't match up here, but that's okay. 21 baptized, that's not true either. You have people who are fibbing. Anyway, you'll notice though the churches that are doing something, the churches that aren't. Here's one in alcohol, or alcohol. <laughs> Arkansas. Uh-huh. I'm going to go take a nap. I'll be back in just a bit. Arkansas, Louisiana Conference, Arkadelphia Church, they've got 26 active. You know, that's because they are getting serious. They're doing stuff. They've, they've probably done a mailing. They've gotten a lot of stuff out. And, you know, I know I've had contact with them and they're very active. 
You know, there's really not a church in Honolulu. That's my test church. <laughs> that's not an actual church. Um, these in Indiana are actual churches, and they I've gotten with their evangelism coordinator, and he's just not following up with them, and they're not doing a great job, to be quite honest with you. But every once in a while, you have a church that says, we're going to do it, like South Bend. Boom, 25 active studies, no, only one late. You follow what I'm saying? You can tell the churches that are just leaving a box in the pastor's office of supplies versus the churches that are actually making this a ministry and, and priming the pump and getting people involved. And in, in the other conferences, there's a lot more uh, that are not quite active yet. Kentucky, Tennessee has a few more that are active. Clarksville, Hopkinsville, they've been really, the same pastor. Same pastor. So, oh, it's outside of Michigan, too. Yeah. These are my wife. Notice not one late Bible study. Amen. She's got 221 active. Now, oh, no. Everybody has late ones. It's okay. It's not like, you know, but it's supposed to be like a flag. Like, okay, get on it. And a lot of times they're late because you've tried to visit them, but you haven't found them home yet. And I know we want to change the site to make it possible to market that way, and we're going to work on that. But we've got a long list of things for my web got to work on, so we haven't done it yet. Anyway, but this is all uh, correspondence with people who have made requests outside of uh, our area that has a church that's participating. And we're just sending them to them by mail. Um, but all these are Michigan churches now. And you can see that you get some bigger numbers now. Fair Plains doing great. They've got 34. Berrien Springs uh, has a few, well, quite a bit for Berrien Springs. Um, Buchanan at 19, that's not a big church. Every once in a while, oops, what you probably have at that church is a coordinator that was signed up to be the coordinator and they don't even use the computer. So they're... So they're getting the emails. They're getting the emails that say, you know, you've got a Bible study request, and they're following up on them, but they don't even know how to go into the website and log in and click them as visit or whatever. And we've had multiple situations like that. But you can see, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I'll give you a couple of the big ones. Detroit Northwest is the biggest. 73 active, 39 late, <laughs> three. A lot of these have been given over to um, Lake Region, and we're just waiting to find out if they've gotten to them. Um, and Oakwood, a lot too. That's because we do a lot of internet advertising, and our highest population, you know half the population of Michigan is in Detroit. So you get a lot more Bible stations. So those churches are getting bombarded a little bit just because of the internet advertising that we're doing. They may have not even done a mailing, I don't know. East Lansing, but you know, you got a lot of 15, 20s in here, and some that are not so much. Hartford at 30. Hartford has a great, a few great testimonies, but hold. Lansing at 72 active. They've had a lot. Um, one, I'm going to have Rod Thompson up on Wednesday. He's got, where's his? Nope, too late. We passed that by. No, of course. Tecumseh has 47 and 19, so they, that's a small area. And he's got a, a lot there, and Monroe had a good bit yeah. too. Where were you taking me? Where? St. John's. Yeah, look at that. That's impressive. They didn't have very many at all, but then they did a mailing. Who's at St. John's? You, you guys are at St. John's. You did a mailing. That's Pastor Monty. See? Pastor Monty believes in personal work 
and Bible work types of things. He's done it wherever he's gone. And wherever you see that, you'll see high numbers. I'm just telling you, this is soul winning. This is what you have to do. You have to get interest. You have to generate interest. You have to follow them up. And then you have to get more interest. And you've got to be continually working it because it's, it's not a high percentage thing. You can't be easily discouraged by it. Okay, now, having said all that, somebody asked me, well, how do we order the stuff? I'm going to take you back. Uh, I'm going to go into my wife's uh, location, which is MI000. Make sure you write down her password. I wish I could tell you her password because it's hilarious. It is. But I'm not allowed. It would be. Yeah. Okay. So right here on any church, this is what you see if you're a church. Except for here, you'll have your new requests that have not been uh, followed up yet. And right here, order supplies. It's pretty easy. And it's a coordinator panel because you're logged in. Okay, Landmarks of Prophecy Guides, DVDs, Landmarks of Prophecy Review, it is written guides, it is written review cards, uh, general, and advertising. So I think that's, it's either an advertising or general, maybe general. We go to general, there's a starter kit, training manual, answer key, tracking card, pocket folder, certificate, Bible, box. Okay, no, it's going to be an advertising. Intro pack, right there. This is a 7-inch by 12-inch clear Ziploc bag containing a number one in its written study guide. It tells you everything that it is. It tells you how to use it. It's $1.50. You click Add to Cart. And then over here in the cart, it will show up. Successfully added an intro pack. And there it is, $1.50. Then you go Check Out. And then when you go to Check Out, it'll give you, when you put in all your information, it will let you... I'll, I'll charge it to your church account with the ABC. And then you either ask them to ship it or say you're going to pick it up. You put in your shipping address and boom. Then it sends an email to the ABC. They fulfill the order. If you're going to pick it up, you have to give them a good 48 hours. And they're not doing anything in June and you might know why. Okay? So I sent out emails. Um, now, if you need something for... When are you doing your, your VBS? Of July? Okay, so what I would do is I'd either talk to them this week or, or get it in, you know, whenever you can and tell them, call them when they get back in the office and say, hey, is there any way you can get this to me, you know, whatever. That's enough time that they should be able to. Okay, so that's all really about Bible study offer. Is that an okay little rundown? Um, I know there's a lot more that could be said about that. Is there any question that you might have about Bible study offer before we move on? I will say that the, the one thing that I am having, that I, I'm a little concerned about, um, I'll give you an example of one church that gave me their results of how many studies they've had or whatever, and they told me, we've had two that have actually finished their whole course, and, uh, but they haven't yet requested any further studies. Now, when I hear that as a pastor, I think to myself, well, what do you mean? They haven't requested any further studies. 
you do not have to wait for them to request further studies. You should never be waiting for them to request further studies. You should have already been visiting with them when they studied the Sabbath. You should have been asking them, hey, what did you think about this? Was this something that you found interesting? Is it something new to you? Have you ever thought about keeping the Sabbath? You should be finding out where they are on these testing truths that they're learning about, right? And trying to find, by the time they've gone through 24 Bible studies, 26, whatever the number is, you should have had some interaction and already have an idea of you know, what's going on. Now, it might not happen in the first six, okay? But as you start getting further along, you've got to start winning that person. And that means interaction and sometimes saying something. Sometimes people go, you know, I've been there three times and they never fill out the lesson. And so, you know, I don't know what to do. I say, well, have you talked to them about it? It's like we don't want to talk to them about it. You understand what I'm saying? You go there and you say, you know what? I noticed that you haven't been feeling it. Is it just a time thing or is there something else that you might be interested in? Is this something that you're not sure that is, is for you? Or maybe would it be helpful if we sat down with you? Or, uh, you know, would you prefer a small group? Or I challenge them a little bit. Make people think, and sometimes they just aren't interested. And I don't want to be the guy going back and back and back and back forever with somebody who's not really interested. You understand? So sometimes you have to work with people and talk to them. And by the time someone's finished a whole set of studies, you should know where they are. Either they're just not interested and they just did it for you know, curiosity's sake or whatever, but you should have already asked them about certain things. And by the way, you are using the review cards, I hope, these are, I asked my wife to give them to me so I could look through them, and I haven't had a chance to do it yet here at Camp Me. These are the, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's baptismal preparation. <laughs> anyway, this is the stack of review cards that my wife has gotten back from our correspondence studies. And the people write on these review cards, okay? They, they write all kinds of things on here. So when you're going through the studies and you're picking up the review cards, hopefully it's giving you some conversation material. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the idea. And they're asking for more information or they're writing down a question or a prayer request or whatever. Can you explain the review cards? We're not familiar with them. Okay. Well, um, what the deal is, is with every lesson, I'm looking for, oh, I'll just look right here. With every lesson, well, I'll just pull one out. This is, it is written as good as it gets. Every lesson we've developed a review card for. So when you give people, when you drop off two lessons, and I would do two at a time, you give them the review cards for each of those lessons. And then when, they, when you go back to drop off the next lessons, you ask for the review cards. If they've not filled out the review cards, I don't give them the lessons. And I've noticed that too. Some are saying, well, yeah, no, they haven't been doing the review cards, but we're giving them the lessons. They're not going over the lessons. You're just giving them lessons, and they're not doing them. What, did so, they come with a starter packet? Yes, they did, and you can order them on the, on the website. Okay. So it's just a way to have something that you're able to so talk through. Hey, I've got a good... I'm, I'm going to speed this up by doing something. I'm going to give you uh, an assignment. Am I allowed to do that? Yeah, I'm allowed to do that. I'm the personal ministry director. I'm going to give you an assignment. Read this. Read it. Everything 
that you need to know. <laughs> it's so funny. I can almost guarantee that all of your churches got a starter kit and they all had three of these in them. But if you have access to your Bible school coordinator and you can go on here, do you see this? Go to resources. Right here, training manual. Click on training manual. And there it is. You can read to your heart's content, orientation, benefits of BibleStudyOffer.com. How BibleStudyOffer.com works. Do you think the training of the, of the people getting the Bible studies is a problem where they're not uh, working with the persuasion thing? Or I'm trying to think what the word is. The yeah, and I would encourage you to use the study leader training portion of the manual and take every, all of your study leaders should be going through the study leader training portion of the manual. It has, it's not real long, but it's how to respond to a Bible study request. Whatever request, type of request that is. How to conduct a personal or drop-off Bible study. How to lead a one-on-one -on -one study. And then how to do, how to set up and lead a group study. So this basically is your, yeah, yes, Janice. Yesterday, you mentioned you were talking about obstacles, personality spotlight, fundamentals of faith. Yes. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I think I can do it. Okay, I'm going to move off Bible study offer because that I think is what you nearly need is the is the is the manual. And if, how many of you are the Bible study offer coordinator in your church? Okay. How many of you are a personal ministries leader, but you're not the Bible study offer coordinator? My husband. Okay. Okay, so you're going to be. Okay. Um, you need, do you, how many of you don't know who your Bible study offer coordinator is? <laughs> There's a bit of a core uh, uh, caucus going over here. Well, the problem is if you guys get a Bible study, if you get a Bible study, you won't. Yeah, it's it's got to be Pastor Mike. Okay, well, what you need to do is ask, start with your pastor, but find out who your coordinator is and get the password. If they are willing to let you have it. I think as personal ministries leader, it makes sense. Is that all it takes? Because I, I did ask him to stop me off for what you, what you do is you go straight to BibleStudyOffer.com. Okay, just write in your web browser. Type in BibleStudyOffer.com. It'll bring you here. Click on Menu. Log in. And then your username is your church offer code. mi dash. Do you know what your church offer code is? You don't in St. John's? Okay, um, I should have grabbed it while I was in there, but I can get it. For you guys, it'll be MI-112, or what's yours? 080. So you understand, there's a three-digit number that every church has. And any of you, if you are in your church and you get a problem and you need the password to reset and a new person put in place, you just 
let us know and we'll do that very same thing. Okay, so there's a little on that that I wanted to give you. Obstacles. What was the obstacles thing? I don't know what obstacles was. Oh, um, I kind of talked about that. Yeah. The, the, the main thing that I wanted to talk about was the importance of, of processing it and, and talking to people and not just dropping off the lessons. That's been a problem where people have not been getting anywhere because they've not been interacting with the people. So and that's why I brought up the review cards because it's a great tool to interact with the people. And if you're going over something, I mean, when you get to the last part of a, of a series, you should be saying, so how has this been for you? You know, if I'm not hurting anything, if I'm not getting anything, they're not coming to church. They learned about the Sabbath already. They learned about all this. You know, it's been, they've been through eight lessons past the Sabbath. They've now been through the Mark of the Beast and they're still just handing the cards. I mean, you guys got to know what they're learning, right? I mean, this is heavy stuff. They just learned the end time test for humanity is going to be the Sabbath. Okay? And they're just handing it to you and not coming. You would say, so you know, I have to ask you, how was that? Was it uh, something new to learn that? Uh, yeah, it was different. Okay, so what do you think? Is it, uh, is it something you've thought about before? Have you thought about keeping the Sabbath? Well, you know, I, and then they start telling you what their obstacles are and their objections are. It's, it's called soul winning. <laughs> you gotta, you got to interact with people. You know, you've got to talk to them. You've got to lead them into the truth. Okay? And you can't just drop stuff off and expect that they're going to start coming to your church. And that's the thing that we've got to start helping people to understand. Okay, so I want to talk to you about a couple other things. First of all, um, in case this comes up, we do now have a Manuel du Discipulado. This is the Spanish Disciple Japan book. And uh, if I had time, I would show you something, but I'm going to do it during Sabbath school in the main auditorium. Um, this, so if you're interested, you can see it. It's going to be toward the beginning part of Sabbath school because I'm going to do my mission report on the Discipleship Handbook and Training Center Churches. Um, we're close to having a website for Training Center Churches. And... Uh, you when Doug Baxter came and presented us about five years ago? Presented what to you? The Training Center Churches. No. I don't, well, I mean, I was here, but I don't know what you're talking about for sure. Um, okay, I'm, I'm not sure we're talking about the same thing, but at any rate, it, it's not this. When I talk about training center churches, I'm talking about a committee in the Michigan Conference that's developing resources. So anyway... If you go to the website now, it says coming soon because we're almost ready to have a website where you can order this stuff directly through the website. I'd check out this testimony when you have time. It's, uh, if you haven't already, it's trainingcenterchurches.com. This is what I'm going to show on Sabbath morning, but if you miss it, you can go and see it here. It's a five-minute testimony from Manchester, England, where they're using the Discipleship Handbook. They've got a hundred of their 200-some attending members involved in their discipleship ministry. They've got about 30 new people or people who felt like they just need revived and about 60 mentors. They've got third-generation disciples, meaning that they have used it where somebody has taken, mentored somebody through it and then that person has mentored somebody else through it and that person is now mentoring somebody else through it. 
And this is all happening without us being fully aware of it, but they ordered a bunch from us. And then we learned about it when the conference leaders called me and asked me to fly to England and do a discipleship training, and they bought a thousand discipleship handbooks for the whole conference. So, yeah, they really have taken it to heart. And they've got a, I had them write out a report, and you can download it right here. This is just a PDF report that shows you what they have been doing and how they've been doing it. It's really been very effective for them, and you can tell they're not just handing people a book and saying, you know, we hope that this is a benefit to you. They're using it with people, mentoring people, and, and sometimes in small groups, sometimes in families, sometimes one-on-one, but they've got a whole system in place where they're using this to disciple people and then putting them to work to disciple other people. And do you know what this is really good for? It's good for learning how to give Bible studies. A lot of the people who are serving as mentors are now getting a feel for what it's like to interact with someone in what's, in essence, close to a Bible study format. And so I really encourage you. In Michigan, we've got some churches who are really using this with great effect and others that have them sitting on the shelf and they've been there for five years and they don't even know what you're talking about if you mention it. So what it is, for those of you who aren't positive, and I keep showing the English one, or the Spanish one, but we do have it in English. So I just want you um, to be aware it's got 26 chapters. It covers the devotional life, family worship, witnessing, church organization, church history, uh, Christian lifestyle, evangelism, cycle of evangelism, all that. 26 chapters. There's 26 weeks in six months. So that means one meeting a week with mentor and new member going through the process. And meanwhile, there's a Bible and Spirit of Prophecy reading plan in the back. And the, the new member is to be having daily devotions using this reading plan, which is only 15 to 20 minutes of reading a day. They, if they can do double, double that, then they can do two a day. It's not marked by date. It's just number. One, two, three, four. And so it's a process that involves accountability for their devotional life and at the same time learning about other things that are going to be valuable for their Christian life. And then the mentor's guide has different things that the mentor, it's got one page outlines for each meeting. So the mentor knows what to do in each meeting. And in each meeting, there's little things that they're asked to do to help integrate the person into the church, like invite them to uh, a Vespers or uh, let them see uh, your family worship or um, give them a church directory or a, you know just various different things that integrate them into the church. And so you don't want to go without the mentor's guide and just assume that all you have to do is give people a handbook. That's not the way it works. This drives this. Okay, So you want to be mentoring people. It's the personal aspect, not just the book aspect. Which is why, for instance, these two guys here... I happened to meet a couple that uh, I was. I did an evangelistic meeting in South Lyon, and there was a young lady who came to a bunch of meetings. She was deeply convicted. I knew it. I talked to her on multiple occasions, but she ended up, the world and, and her circumstances made it hard for her to make a decision at that time, and she ended up evading us and kind of going a different direction. Well, she ended up, uh, she had just broken up with someone who was a son of one of our members, okay? And she ended up getting back with him and marrying him. And the two of them decided they needed to change their life. And they moved up north and got baptized. Well, they moved up 30 minutes away from these guys. 
and they're here at camp meeting, and I said, I gotta introduce you to somebody. And so I hooked them up with them, and I'm, the plan is that they're gonna take them through the Discipleship Handbook. Amen. The idea, though, is I could have just said, hey, you should really go through this. This would be really helpful to you. See you later. <laughs> but that's not yeah. discipleship. You understand what I'm saying? The, the key to discipleship is not this, it's this. <laughs> anyway, so I uh, would encourage you to utilize the discipleship process that we have set up and that is being used in many other places with great effect, and we just need to make sure that we're using it. Yes, it is. Shouldn't it be? Amen. Okay, does anybody not have fundamentals of faith? Okay, I want to make sure everybody has one of these, so I'm going to give you one of these. Okay, uh, Kenny, you want to help me out here? That's fine, you can keep it and give it to somebody else. I'll show you in a minute. Okay, it looks a little like this, doesn't it? The difference is it's green, but it's, you see on the back this little logo? That's TCC, that stands for Training Center Churches, okay? So everything that, the, that our committee is developing has that logo on it, and it has the same thing. So we're working right now, just so you know, on a large volume that's probably twice the size of this called the Bible Study Handbook. And it is an aid, it's a uh, resource to aid Seventh-day Adventists in giving Bible studies. Amen. So it's going to be, we're, it's going to be a good day because it's going to be able to use it for training and that sort of thing. It's, it, we're really excited about it. After that, and that one will probably match this one. It'll be green because it kind of goes with this volume. And then the next one will be a dark red. And that is the leadership handbook. And that will be how to infuse evangelism and soul winning and discipleship into every department of the local church. So you see this uh, personal ministries, department ministry plan. There'll be one of these in that book for every department of the local church. Okay? So that's the whole idea is to develop resources that help training center churches become a reality in our churches. So this booklet is... uh, It's a summary of our... uh, Let me ask you this. How many of you have heard of the uh, Steps... uh, Not Steps to Christ. Um, In His Steps. In His Steps. It's a booklet that you use to prepare people for baptism. Each page covers uh, a doctrine, but it gives the full fundamental belief and then about 15 bullet points and a, and a bunch of stuff, it's a little bit more than what you need. In fact, like for instance, I don't need necessarily, if I'm preparing someone for baptism, to have a whole thing on the Father, a whole thing on the Son, a whole thing on the Holy Spirit, a whole thing on the Trinity. You know, some of those, and it goes in an order that doesn't really make sense evangelistically. Like it covers uh, certain things. Well, I'm trying to think of an example. The remnant before it covers the Sabbath, you know? So, things like that. Um, What we did was put this in an evangelistic order and made it sort of... What what evangelists do to avoid the overwhelmingness of a booklet like that is they use a card. They call it a clearing card. It's just one card with just 
20 points or 25 points or whatever they summarize it into. And it's really brief. To me, it's too brief. So we wanted something in between the full in his steps and this little card. So we developed this, Fundamentals of Faith. And it's for preparing people for baptism. It has uh, check boxes so that as people feel comfortable, they can check off that particular belief. Hi, Olga. And then at certain points, it says, my commitment, like the first one, if you look on page uh, five, it says, my commitment. And it says, by the grace of God, I will strive to remain in close communion with Christ through daily prayer and Bible study. So these are the commitment points that somebody makes as they're preparing for baptism. So each doctrine, not everyone, but as you move along, you look at, for instance, the Sabbath. Page 12. When you're studying the Sabbath with someone in a series of Bible studies, what are you studying? You're studying that the seventh day is the Sabbath, right? But when you're studying the Sabbath with someone and you're preparing for baptism, you're not only studying what day is the Sabbath, but you're studying how to keep the Sabbath. And so this has to have a little bit bigger section on the Sabbath than it does. And if you look at the commitment on the Sabbath, it says, My commitment, by the grace of God, I desire to keep the Sabbath holy from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Enjoying the, okay, so we've already talked about sundown to sundown. That's important. Enjoying the spiritual blessings of worship, fellowship, and service. In harmony with this observance, I choose to refrain from all secular work or activities, buying or selling, or hiring others to perform common labor on the Sabbath, which are all things that you talked about in the points above. So the point is, this doesn't leave anything out. It covers all the aspects of preparing someone so that they're ready and they know what the decision is that they're making when they're baptized. Even an elder or a layperson who's not done this a lot could use this and make sure that, and, and they wouldn't have to worry that they're not missing something. You understand? And then at the very end, after you get through all of the doctrines, you've got steps of faith. And it says if you have, you know, are in harmony with all of these things, then perhaps you would like to take these steps of faith, either baptism or profession of faith, to become a member of the Seventh Adventist Church. And then on the last part, it has the 13 commitment points that are on the back of the baptismal vow because we want them to know exactly what they're going to be asked on the day of their baptism. So this is something that you want to... Oh, and the very last page says that they're going to continue a discipleship journey because on the day of their baptism, you're going to give them this. And they're going to start weekly going through discipleship with somebody. So it's just a precursor to this. A lot of times the reason people leave the church is not because they're not discipled after, but because they were not properly prepared before. And so we wanted to make sure we filled in that blank. Yes. What age can you work with that? Any age. 10 years old? Yes. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you this way. Both of these you can use with any age, but let me say it. It's just like anything. It depends on the the person taking them through because you're not they're not going to understand you're going to have to boil it down for them you understand so but if you look at the manchester report they've got young people 11 12 13 whatever who they've been using in it but again they're not going to they're going to read certain chapters are heavier than others like the testimony of jesus one on spirit of prophecy it's pretty heavy they're going to need it boiled down for them other chapters they'll be able to understand more easily i think that any teenager and up should be able to do it pretty much as is. But some adults need it boiled down for them more. You understand? I mean, it's not... We'd have to do that with anyone. So I wouldn't shy away 
from using them, but you might have to boil it down a little further the younger they are. Okay, I know there's some people who really have to leave. I want to thank you all for being such good, solid, personal ministries promoters in your churches and leaders. And uh, I know I didn't necessarily go into detail on every item on here, but I'm available. That's my job. You can call me and talk to me about whatever. Um, I will tell you on the track interest section, because I said I would mention something about it, I don't have a lot to say about it anyway, but we're working on a software and an app, hopefully by fall, that will be a really good, it will not only track interests and be in an app form, but it will also have the the ability to track members, like elders doing member visitation, things like that. You'll have your church directory in there, Uh, you'll have news in there, you'll have a whole lot of good stuff in there, Um, but you'll have to wait on it. All right, let me pray with you. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time we've had together. Please bless each one of these individuals who is courageously seeking to promote uh, evangelism and soul winning and discipleship in their local churches. Give them wisdom from heaven, Father, and grace that they might be winsome and truly be able to motivate with love and uh, with, uh, with great courage all of those in their churches. So we thank you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.